Hey, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And this is Talking Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversation. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion, but we've been lucky enough to write, produce, and hang out with so many incredible rising artists since we started our project. Whether it's at sessions or parties or over cups of coffee, we've talked with our creative friends about everything. Music, life, love, and all the subtle complexities that come with being in the middle of a journey. Talking Lion is about hitting record in these conversations and sharing them with you. There's no real structure, nothing really prepared, just friends talking about life and what it's been like and where it's going. We recorded this episode with Tim and Bolin from the Australian-based band Cub Sport. We had first heard of Cub Sport through their covers on Triple J and from there became fast fans of their awesome discography. Though we knew their music beforehand, we actually recorded this episode within minutes of first meeting them. Some context for this interview. We recorded this in the midst of Pride Month as Cub Sport was in LA following their headline US tour around their recently released self-titled album. They also went on an arena tour supporting Vance Joy in 2018. With distinctive lyricism and fantastic songs, Cubsport continues their rise to global acclaim. Likewise, at the heart of their music is Tim and Bolin's decade-long relationship, which has inspired many in the LGBTQ community. It was great getting to know Cubsport in real time, and we hope our listeners have had an incredible Pride Month. So, without further ado, we're Cubsport, and you're listening to Talking Lion. Well, hello. Welcome hello. to uh, to Talking Lion. Thanks so much for coming on. We are here with Bolin and with Tim, and I'm really grateful that you guys are here. This is the first time we've had an episode where we get to meet at the table. Yeah. So, uh, but first and foremost, what brings you guys to Los Angeles? Uh, we just finished a month long tour of North America. That's awesome. Yeah. How was it? It was amazing. I think it's my favorite tour we've <laughs> yeah. done. Was there a city in particular that you were really excited about or that surprised you? Seattle uh-huh. was like really amazing and I think there were like three times as many people watching us as the last time we played there which was really cool and like just yeah good vibe which was a nice surprise. When you can like plot that growth that's really exciting and mm-hmm. you know plot that growth with like heads in the audience that's mm-hmm. was there uh, any interesting like tour stories any any snafus that went uh, awry that you know funny in retrospect or was it smooth smooth sailing? Yeah, it felt maybe like the smoothest tour we've actually had, especially one that, that spans such a, a large distance and yeah. time. Did you guys go to New York as well? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a great that's show. My hometown. Where did you play in, in New York? The Knitting Factory. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. How was that crowd? Did it my, uh, my people? Yeah, it was well. <laughs> one of my favorites. Yeah, so good. That's awesome. Well, it's it's... Really saying you guys are uh, promoting the uh, the self titled record that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an awesome record and truly, like you guys have this sound. It's very unique, but also feels very nostalgic. Um, and lyrically, it's very poignant. Um, and so I really appreciate everything about that. But you you guys are from Australia, yeah? Mm-hmm. That's You're right. saying Brisbane? Mm-hmm. Yeah. East that's not that. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Most <laughs> we, people say well, Brisbane. Yeah, well, we had, a, we had our friend Kurt Yost on, and he's from, I think, around the same area. He was saying it's kind of like the south of... Australia, he called it that? the Bupkin State. He did call it the... I don't that, know what your opinions are on that. It's a pretty conservative state. I think yeah. that's what he was referring to. Mm-hmm. So you both grew up there. Did you meet while you guys were... How, how did you two meet? We met when we were 12. I had Tim had been going to this one school um, since kindergarten, and I started going to that school in middle school, oh. in grade 8. And our first memory of each other is seeing each other at the mall, like <laughs> looking at a 
across at each other over this like juice bar (laughs) (laughs) and we both remember it that's awesome so did you were you both musical at that point i started playing piano when i was six or seven oh wow so i yeah i was a pretty good pianist at that age i hadn't started singing yet though and Sam was kind of like a singer, but hadn't really started mm, I piano I sort of picked yet. up playing piano around that time. So you guys sort of had a flip towards the... Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, what, were your parents musical as well? Like what sort of inspired the initial start to, you know, try to at least get good at the instrument? Mum played guitar and piano. And I remember she would play like certain piano pieces and <laughs> I would just like... Loser, I like loved it. I'd, like run around the lounge to it, <laughs> and so she asked if I wanted to have piano lessons, and I started it, and then yeah, just kept going until my teacher retired. What uh, what pieces would she play? I can't remember actually. <laughs> I remember there was like a kind of ragtimey one <laughs> that I was like, hell yeah, Those are always fun. <laughs> yeah, so my, my grandmother was like a classical piano player, but I don't think that ever like hit me as much as when my dad played Yes for the first time. Like he played the Rick Wakeman solos, and like. That's piano too. That's crazy. <laughs> and what about you? What, what was like the music that you were sort of growing up around? At sort of at the time that I met Tim, I had been doing like a lot of musical theater stuff. Oh, great. And it was seeing Tim play piano at a talent quest in that first like semester I was at school. Oh. Um, and I went home and I said to mom and dad, I want piano lessons. Tim inspired. Mm. That's awesome. That's great. That's, that's beautiful. Just like... It's like parts a full of, circle uh, yeah, parts of, thing over and over again. Uh, theater, what, what kind of uh, musicals were you into? We're, we're both yeah, recovering we're both theater recovering kids. Musical yeah. theater kids. Oh my Everyone God, is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I find that some of my favorite pop writers out here like either loved like metal and punk mm-hmm. or musical theater or both. It was just <laughs> how that came, came to be. But yeah, we, we both did. A, my mom's a theater teacher too. So. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. So what musicals were you into as a kid? Um, I loved Rent. Oh, yeah. And Mum and Dad loved Jesus Christ Superstar. So that was like <laughs> probably one I knew <laughs> better than others. Um, I think I had just done Bye Bye Birdie. It hmm. was probably the last thing I had done before Tim. Everyone was obsessed with Wicked. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. It was just like, we, we've seen it live so many times now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like an obsession. Something My we is Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. We, I, I'm a big uh, Stephen Schwartz fan, mm-hmm. so like Pippin and and, uh, and Wicked definitely were like around the house as a, as a kid. Were you doing musical theater as, as a kid? Yeah, as well? I was. I didn't really play many leads. <laughs> Bolin was always the lead in every musical we <laughs> ever did. Um, the one lead I got to play was Marius and Les Mis. Oh, oh nice. that's a good one. Though. That's a good one. Bolin was Javert. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but you get empty chairs and empty tables. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Song. So, you get to have that big, like, emotional moment. <laughs> oh, my friends. My friends. Uh, who are you in? Were you in Rent? Uh, I, no, we've never done Rent. Okay. We were just obsessed with Rent. If you could be somebody in Rent, who would you be? Oh, I'm sure this would have been Angel. different. Yeah, I was going to say Angel. Both of you or, would be. Or maybe Mimi. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd be Mark. I think uh, yeah. one of my like highlights of, of being 16 was I was on a, on a cruise with like the family and made some friends and at like one in the morning I jumped on the table and did the whole uh, Livy Boheb thing like that. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, we can all dream. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but we all start a, a musical like tomorrow. And <laughs> but, uh, that, so when did you, when did you start, did you start playing in, in other bands together or other bands separately before starting Cubsport together? 
No, Top Sport's the only band I've been in. Wow. You oh. played one show um, <laughs> in Hello Yoko. Yeah. Zoe and I were in another band together called Hello Yoko, and it was kind of like folk. And it was nice. Mm, I, it was we still listen to it sometimes. But yeah, Sam played flute in one show. I, he don't, he I don't even play, play flute. flute. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason I did. It <laughs> yeah. It's a hard instrument to just randomly pick up. Like, yeah, I don't you know. think I did particularly well or anything. <laughs> I mean, like one thing if you like, you know, you're a piano player and you pick up guitar or you whatever, but flute, like I don't know how to breathe. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Ever try to like, Likewise, just randomly pick up a readed instrument. You have to like yeah, learn everything about how so like, much with your yeah. just mm. Mm. your mouth and What's your that? lips. It's and a wonderful word. You know, I'm talking. About. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I can't remember the name. The word the for how you're supposed to shape Ambush, your mouth. Embouchure. Embouchure. For how you we're going on a rabbit hole. How you're supposed to put your mouth on a sax? There's a word for that whole. It's a whole thing. Contraption. How did you meet Zoe? Um, Zoe went to the same school as us. Gotcha. So we've known of each other since we were like five or six wow. or something. So you guys are really like a hometown in the works for a while. Like it, yeah. Mm-hmm. When would you say you like officially put Cub Sport the name on and, and made that the, the thing? We released our first single in 2011. Wow. And we were called Cub Scouts at the start. <laughs> and then... We put out our first EP in 2012. Mm-hmm. Was that told you so? Yeah. Cool. 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 From yeah, from I, I was I was seeing from like 2012 to like 2016, there was like four EPs. You guys were prolific. What what was that? Were you just writing every day together? Like, what was that experience like? We only there were two official EPs that we put out. I think that there was like. Once we got a label on board, they kind of released some things in different um, forms, different forms, that, yeah, yeah, like repackaged. Um, but yeah, I'm always writing a lot, so yeah, I, I think it's kind of always how I've been. And do you primarily write sort of on your own, or do you guys write together, or how how do you usually like start? I mean, I know every song is different, but how yeah. how would you say it usually goes about if there's a usual? Um, I pretty much write everything by myself, and then I do some co-writes and that sort of thing as well. We actually, I've written a couple of songs on this tour and one of my favourites that has come from working on music while on the road is one that we've done together. Mm. And Sam had kind of just done some instrumentation and I listened to it. I was like, oh my God, this is my favourite thing you've ever written. It's so beautiful. And then I, yeah, I kind of just like added a bunch of stuff to it and some vocals. And you're down the road. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what's that one one called? Uh, it's called 18. Nice. Well, we'll keep an ear out for it in, yeah. the, in the coming months and, and whatnot. But that's all. I mean, when, especially because when you're on the road, you're like almost on a different planet, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You're, you're, suddenly there's no home base, there's no whatever, just the people that you're around and everything. So where, where was your head at for that song? It was kind of, it feels very nostalgic to me, like the music itself. And so... It kind of like got me like thinking back to like earlier life. And then it's kind of like revisiting the feeling with like a shifted perspective and trying to, I guess, yeah, kind of like looking at the things that have happened and like learning from it. Yeah, that's sort of the vibe. That's, I mean, I I think what's weird is just like the perspective you get on even things that happened two years ago or Mm -hmm. one year ago. I feel like everything's, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you both? 29. Yeah, there's just so much perspective that, like, keeps on, like, 
I feel I, I'm being bombarded with perspective, mm-hmm. yeah. which is a beautiful thing, but also a bit of a terrifying thing because the biggest and the most huge, you know, things that I experienced as a kid are so small comparatively or at the same time, so had such lasting effects. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm very that, excited to hear, hear this song. What, what were you gonna I was, was going to say, like, I also think that as a writer, like writers and songwriters especially have a very intimate relationship with nostalgia because you spend so much time like documenting your life and thinking about it and like putting it into words mm-hmm. and it makes it really like this very tangible thing mm-hmm. this like interacting with your past and having perspective because you're always interacting with it in writing yeah for sure and i think songs also grow over time like there are songs yeah. off our first album and I'll be like playing it one night and all of a sudden be like, oh my goodness, like that's what that lyric like really meant all along mm-hmm. or something <laughs> like that. And things kind of like the meaning develops over time as well. Definitely. It's cool. So sometimes your subconscious tr- is trying to tell like tell the world something yeah, for sure. through whatever you're writing down. So you're like, oh yeah, that was a fun little rhyme or, you know, that was like a clever little turn of phrase. And you're like, you know, a couple months later, you're like, oh shit, <laughs> like, I meant that about that thing or you know, or, or maybe we just, you know, in a post like retrospective, just are able to look back and, and give things meaning. But I think what's really interesting about your, your lyricism and, and about, uh, about your songs is that, uh, you know, a lot of it is about your developing relationship and about, about coming out as well. Around what time did, did you both start seeing each other? And when did that become part of your story and your writing and, and your message? Well, we first started hanging out like every day when we finished high school and there were for like a year after that like we as soon as we started hanging out all the time we were like together properly yeah and then after just over a year it was kind of it got to a point where I was like okay I need to get my life together (laughs) I need to like go to uni become a dentist like find a girlfriend I like had this idea of like what, what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of the path that I started heading down. Thankfully, Bolin like kind of followed me um, mm-hmm. with studying dental. And um, so we continued to spend every day together, even when we weren't like together. And then in 2016, it was about this time of the year, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, we were on tour in the States and Pride was happening like all around us. And just after the attack in Orlando happened, um, we were in Denver for their Pride that was on. So we went along to that. And I think it was kind of seeing just that community within, um, within the queer people and just the love and acceptance and the extra support that felt like it was there. after the Orlando attacks happening. That was like the last little push, I think, from the universe to be like, this is like kind of your family or whatever, like, and kind of realizing that it's okay to be yourself. Well, you're saying in, in Brisbane, it's a bit uh, more conservative. Was, was, were you scared growing up? Was there fears around feeling or um, experiencing like things in a different way? I feel like it wasn't Brisbane specific. Um, It was probably more to do with the religious upbringing that we both had. And I guess just fear of disappointing your family and that sort of thing. I don't know if you guys watched the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but there's this wonderful episode um, 
where one of the main characters says when when people step up and are able to be honest about themselves the world becomes a much more interesting and amazing place mm-hmm. i think that that really hit when i when i saw it but i think too just like that speaks to what you guys not only have found within each other but are also able to represent you know anybody who's honest about who they are are able to inspire other people in the same way that everybody at pride was able to inspire you both so mm-hmm. you both are married as, as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah, we when, got when married. When did you get married? August last year. Mm-hmm. Did you get married uh, here in Australia? Or? In, in Brisbane. Brisbane. Nice, yeah. nice. Uh, what, describe that scene. What was the <laughs> the scenery like? What was the... Uh, so it was late winter, which in Brisbane is pretty comfortable. Kurt <laughs> um, <laughs> was saying it's like hot and like unbearably hot. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and we had about 100 or 110 people there in like a converted warehouse space with lots of plants and... It was pretty chill. It was pretty perfectly tailored to us. <laughs> it was very like low, low key, low stress. We walked down the aisle with our dogs. Oh, yeah, it was really cute. Uh-huh. I love that. So, have you guys had a great time at, at Pride in in the states now? Have uh, Have you gone to any anything in Los Angeles or anywhere while you, during this month? Our dates haven't quite lined up this time. We just missed LA Pride, oh. which would have been incredible. The Veronicas performed. I really <laughs> wish we were there. Um, but no, not this time around, unfortunately. Um, if there are people listening to this who don't know how to how to come out or how to speak to parts of themselves that they're unsure of what would you what would you want to say to them what do you think they would want to hear i feel like it really needs to come down to like what you want and i feel like something that is broader than just um like coping with your sexuality or whatever but if there's anything in your life that you feel but you kind of feel like you can't if you feel like there's something that you want to do, but you are like kind of scared to try it, I feel like you need to ask yourself, like if you're doing something because you love what it is that you want to do, or if you're like being held back by fears. And for me that coming out as gay was like the first big step where I was like, just kind of pushing my fears of what would happen aside and just like going for it. And that felt like such a big, turning point and so many other things fell into place after that Um, but I feel like it's really important to take your time with it until you really do feel comfortable telling people and it I know that for a lot of people it isn't necessarily safe for them to come out to their family Um, so there are so many different factors and it's so different for different people but I think like doing it for yourself and doing it out of self-love is like a very good approach. I love that. And, and here's hoping that we're all moving towards progress as a country and world mm-hmm. uh, and, and all that. It's, it's interesting that you're, you're also saying, because there's that lyric that you wrote on the index card when you came in about like avoiding and about avoidance and about how avoiding a problem is a, you know, is a problem. What, mm. what is the lyric specifically? I fell in love with avoiding problems and that was the problem. Mm, that's great. Uh, and that's from Come On Mess Me Up. Mm. How did that song come to be? I'd been listening to a lot of Leonard Cohen and nice. um, Chelsea Hotel number two in particular. That song is so good. Yeah. I remember hearing the lyric, um, giving me head on the unmade bed and just being like, oh my goodness, <laughs> like, what do his parents think? <laughs> um, but 
yeah, I remember just wanting to be able to be that free with my lyrics. And after listening to Leonard Cohen, I was kind of looking at the songs that I'd been writing. I was like, oh, I'm like really limiting myself by trying to only write about things that I can hide behind. Like every song had like some funny story that I could be like, oh, it's about this. So I kind of wanted to write a song that just felt meaningful and didn't have like some funny second meaning or something. And that was how Come On Mess Me Up sort of started. And I wrote the first two verses and the chorus, I think in 2013. And then I finished it in 2014, 20, yeah, yeah, in 2014. Yeah, it was kind of like the start of a new style of writing for me, like lyrically. Just being like blunt and straightforward and, and yeah. uh, without uh, being transparent, that's the word. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I love that. I, I love the sentiment of it too, because uh, I mean, I'm, pr- I'm pretty cynical about, about relationships, but it's like you, at the end of the day, you do get to choose the people you let in mm-hmm. and the people who, who mess you up. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like the invitation of it. It made me like smile, but also really feel it, like in a in a really cool way. You guys are an independent band, right? Mm-hmm. How has it been, you know, running everything, you know, as as a as a team together? What have been the the rewards and what have been the challenges? Would you say it's been incredible? It's completely unique, I guess, to maybe I don't know what a lot of people do. Um, it has been a lot like a lot of work obviously the four of us try and run it like a a global major label as much as we can Mm -hmm. um and we sort of just we're super lucky in the combination of people we have in the band everyone sort of covers a different base personality wise and skill wise um and one thing we've all shared right from the very start is the vision of where we know we we want to get to um so there's equal drive between us, which just helps us like keep pushing forward. Well, it's interesting. I feel like every duo and every band is is a somewhat of a delineation between, you know, the same types of skill sets. Like mm-hmm. you know, Noah yeah. and I, like I, I'm the one who goes out and talks, and and Noah's has the most incredible work ethic and and talent. Like there's there's all these things, you know, as far as production, writing, and business side, and everything. But mm-hmm. um, I think what what is really interesting, and sometimes I wonder whether we were independent out of a stubbornness or or wanting to at least, if we're going to sink the boat, sink it ourselves, you know. But uh, I think it is. Uh, was it a conscious decision to do it, or was uh, and and were there times when you had doubts about it or has it been you guys were like, yep, this is what we're doing and stuck with that? Um, we did have a like kind of bigger team in place when we put out our first album. We had management and we were signed to a label and it really took a lot longer just making things happen because it had to be approved by so many different people. Mm-hmm. And I think that our vision was still in like a developing stage mm-hmm. around that point in time. And we hadn't come out. There were there were a lot of things that I think just kind of we needed to figure out on our own before mm-hmm. Cubsport was ready to like blossom. And I think that that would have probably been a challenge for a team who were trying to market us and that sort of thing, which I completely understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it came time to releasing our second album, Bats, that was the album that I wrote kind of as I was figuring out mm-hmm what I was feeling and I came out in the middle of writing that album. So it's oh, kind wow. of like the lead up, the moment, and then just after it. And Is the record structured in that 
in that sort of development as well? Uh, the track listing isn't like chronological, but I feel like you can kind of piece it together. Mm. Um, but with that album, it was the first time that I had really like revealed myself that much. And I didn't want to be caught in any situations where people had um, any sort of doubt or different opinions on like what things should be because it felt so right for me. And it was the first time that I'd really embraced like my own power and belief in myself. And so for that reason, it felt like doing it on our own was the right approach. So yeah, we just set the release date and let everybody know yeah, like, <laughs> that we were going to be moving forward completely independent. Then we just started emailing everybody <laughs> that we possibly could yep. and managed to pull together a really amazing global team um, who understand it and empower us and <laughs> believe in us. It's, yeah, really well, amazing. I think people under underestimate how challenging it is, one, to schedule around somebody who writes to the sort of fiery, prolific level that you do, like that, you know, you're coming up with ideas and things are inspiring you and and do you have things to say too about your own life like that that's happening and that doesn't necessarily fit neatly into any kind of album cycle mm -hmm. and likewise mm -hmm. you know you guys spend a lot of time together i imagine like there's so many different ideas uh, around marketing and around plans and about everything that that comes from just breakfast and mm -hmm. from you know walks or you know, going to the movie, uh, I, I genuinely feel bad for our manager because we, we live together. So, you know, one day we'll have the plan for every single we're going to put out for the year. And the next day we scrapped all of them and we're taking two months off to write, in, you know, or uh, I call them up. But by the way, we're starting a podcast. Like, you know, I, like I, but I feel like it gives you guys the freedom to decide what you want, like the project to be. And I think that it shows especially in the record that just came out. Like, I think that there's so much personality and so much, to a degree, just, like, newness that, and freshness to it that I think is hard to sort of contain in that, like, album cycle structure, mm. to a degree. But I think what's what, sort of, conversely, I think what's interesting is we, I think, first, sonically, were introduced to you guys by, by your covers, um, by uh, Ultralight Beam on Triple J. How did uh, that collaboration come to be? And, and, and what was it about that song that spoke to you? We're big Kanye fans, and <laughs> that song in particular is probably one of my favorites he's ever put out. Mm. And when we got asked to come in and do like a version, we were on tour in the States. It was that tour we got oh, yeah. together, actually. That same tour. Mm -hmm. um, Just a couple of weeks before. <laughs> and we had a drive from Salt Lake City to... Denver? Was it? No, I think it was down to San Diego. It was. And we just spent the whole drive figuring out exactly what the harmonies were. <laughs> yeah, I had born. I had like a like a twenty five key little keyboard plugged into the aux cord. I don't remember how we I did it. I think it was like into <laughs> like a laptop. laptop. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And like playing it and singing it just over and over. And that cover was kind of a point in time when people were like, oh, well, they can actually play live, <laughs> which was really nice. I feel like that shifted a lot of people's perception of us. Yeah. It's funny, like even 20 or 15 years ago, the idea like of a band, you know, not necessarily being able to play live was such a novel concept. Like obviously if a band's putting out a record, it means they recorded that record in the studio live. But yeah. now there are so many people who are like crushing it in streams. And I've seen, you know, they play, the, play a show and there's, it's not a great performance. So there's no musicianship. It's so interesting that 
people still want musicians but don't always know whether or not that's what they're they're bargaining for when mm-hmm. they get into a band. So that's the thing mm-hmm. that was so, so interesting. I think that like the harmonies that you had in that cover really like stood out to us and cool. um, in, in a really cool way. And also I, that song too. I remember. I think the first time we heard it was in in Boston. In Boston, like. 59 Burbank. 59 Burbank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, I don't know who lives there now, but we were just like listening on like an old speaker, so it was distorting on every bass note. And like the, you know, even the choir in that, like the original recording, yeah. is already distorting by like the production. So it's just this crazy. And we're just like sitting there like, this is Kanye? Yeah. Like, we didn't, we had kind of accidentally missed Kanye. And then that was the introduction. And then we went back and. That's a good did introduction. Our homework, yeah. <laughs> But uh, that's awesome. And then you recently did um, When the Party's Over, Billie Eilish. Mm-hmm. What was it about that song that hit you? I think the harmonies again. Yeah. It was like, I don't know, we, we love singing in harmony, the three of us. <laughs> it's like a guilty pleasure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and Billie's so amazing. Like, we, we love yeah. everything about her. Mm. And we sat down and played through it and just sort of, I don't know, it felt right. I think what's cool about Billie is she's opening doors for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, to be able to just... you know, you know, it's also great about that song I, that it just occurred to me the other day. It very much feels like a Leonard Cohen song in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. In the way that the melody's just like, like in Hallelujah, there's a very strong progression to how the melody moves. Like mm-hmm. it's very intentional and like segmented. How totally. it goes up and down. I Which, I mean, cool. for, for that to come out now, I mean, mm-hmm. I think what's really interesting is just like the flow of music in the last like 10 or 15 years has been like, interesting thing gets homogenized and you know then everything starts sounding like when teenage dream came out it was incredible Uh and then like everything started sounding like teenage dream you know you have this sort of Bieber yeah Macklemore and Uh like LMFAO and like the whole you know sort of thing Skrillex and Diplo yeah (laughs) and and we see now we didn't know them but we see now is because everybody's coming into sessions referencing the songs you Mm -hmm. know it's like oh yeah can we have that harmony that sounds like you know Billie Eilish but it is cool now that the door that she's opening isn't sound like Billy. It's sound like you. Yeah. You know, and which I hope is the takeaway. I know that there's plenty of people who just want to sound like her. But I, I don't know. I think I think it is just sort of this interesting time to be making music because we we have yeah. a lot of choices and options, and that is true. and you can be independent mm-hmm. without like you know. I mean, my dad wanted to be a musician, and that like, would would have been impossible. He had to you know, drop fifteen grand on gear just to get a compressor to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys uh, were on tour with Vance Joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was that? It was was so that arena good. tour? Yeah. Wow. Full blown arenas. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Did that freak you guys out? Uh, <laughs> no, really. Felt great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, and what was he like on uh, like what was those shows like and the the audience and the the vibe of those? He's the biggest sweetheart. He's just <laughs> yeah. so nice and so down to earth, and the whole team was amazing and the audiences. It was like a a more family oriented night out, I think. Mm. Um, maybe compared to what we're more used to, and it was lovely. It was super chill, nice people. Mm-hmm. Know, it was great. Keep the swear words on the down low. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finish early every yeah. night. It was so good. I, what's, what's interesting about those shows, too, is very likely somebody's first show. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to yeah. be that first concert experience. And maybe they become musicians. And, mm-hmm. you know, then they're asked, like, oh, what's, what, was, what was the thing? And it could be seeing somebody perform. I think that's the responsibility anybody has when they perform is, you know, playing a good show is playing a good show. But, like you know, changing a life subtly mm-hmm. is, uh, or unsubtly is very interesting. What is your favorite Vance Joy song? Saturday Sun is pretty fun. 
goes off at his show. It does really go off. (laughs) But can you really go past Riptide? (laughs) I feel bad saying that. It's so good. It is really good. Well, I was saying, if you had to cover one of his songs, which one would it be? Would it be Riptide? I think so. (laughs) But are you guys ready for lightning round questions? The lightning round is a bit of a misnomer. You can take whatever time you want. Nice. Lightning round is like the opposite to what I'm good at. (laughs) I would say thunder round. Thunder is... Yeah, it takes longer. (laughs) It takes longer. What was your first concert? This is one that I still... I should just go back and figure it out because it was either Savage Garden or Dido. Oh, wow. And I can't remember which which one came first. Still good first yeah. concerts. Yeah. I also saw The Cause um, at like, my parents owned a Donut King and <laughs> it was in a shopping center and it had like a split mezzanine level. So it had an open balcony that looked down onto like the center stage where they would have like performances and Christmas things. <laughs> and The Cause came and played and I saw them like there on this tiny weird little stage. That's awesome. What about you? My first concert was... Um, a band called Scandalous. Scandalous. <laughs> and they were the winners of the first ever Australian pop stars TV show. <laughs> and they played just like near the town hall in Brisbane. And I went in and I don't know if they were actually playing live or not. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if it really counts as a first concert, but that was it. <laughs> That's awesome. My, my, my dad... Uh... You know, he took he took me to my first one as like a band that he liked, which I would wind up liking, and then I made him take me to one that I really liked. So my first was Yes, and my second was Green Day. So oh, amazing. cool! Uh, my first concert was Serge Tankian with the Milan Symphony Orchestra <laughs> on his first solo tour. Since so like a, an orchestra. System of a Down, right? Just, yeah, the singer yeah. from System of a Down did a symphony tour across Whoa. Europe. Wow! And he played with the Milan Symphony Orchestra. It was that's, a wild show. That is definitely very strange. <laughs> What are your phone backgrounds? Um, a photo from our wedding. A photo of Tim with our two dogs. Aww. Those are great. Those are both really sweet. Do you have any non-musical hobbies? Uh, at the moment, no. <laughs> <laughs> Walking. <laughs> yeah. Walking. Walking the dog. <laughs> feeding, feeding yourself. Yeah. Laundry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have any skills that you would like to have? I don't know. I'd love to be more flexible than I am. Nice. <laughs> I want to be able to do a flip as a kid. I still can't. I did gymnastics growing up, and I've like that's one of the things that I've lost Mm. big time is my flexibility. (laughs) I feel like a piece of wood. I can even touch my toes, honestly. So, (laughs) so I'd love to get that back. I'd love to learn another language properly. Mm. Nice. Do you speak any other? Yeah, I speak Japanese and French. Wow, like that was mm-hmm. just dropped. Like, but you're trilingual, just off the cuff. That's all. He speaks Italian. He speaks Italian. Cool. Well. Which fictional universe would you guys want to live in? Oh, maybe the X Men. Ooh, Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, this I isn't can't. Tim's um, area of expertise. <laughs> no. What What would your mutant power be if you were in the X Men? Oh, it's too hard. You can think on it while he he comes up with the probably telekinesis. Nice. Yeah. It's like like Xavier telekinesis or uh, Jean uh, Grey. Jean Grey telekinesis. Yeah, Phoenix. For those listening, they're like that is a different. Those are different yeah, powers. Different things. <laughs> um, I really don't know the Kardashians universe. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's a fun. One. Whatever fictional world. Actually, that I would change to that. <laughs> that was not. Is that considered fictional? No, I in just mean sense. in a different world. I don't live in the House Hunters fictional realm. universe where you know for five hundred dollars you can buy a beachside property. Yeah. <laughs> HGTV. HGTV fictional. That's my fictional universe. <laughs> the, the HGTV cinematic universe. Yeah. They put out movies every year. I would love that. This, this is an interesting question. It's what's your superpower? Now, what superpower would you like to have? Like, what's something you consider is like your 
I feel competent with communication. That's important. Is that a superpower? Important skill. I consider it, for me, knowing who to call when something needs to happen, mm-hmm. for me, feels like a superpower. Like, I feel like um, Mr. Fantastic. You know, it's like my arms can only go this far. Uh-huh. My phone can go farther. Nice. You know? So, what would you say your superpower is? Um, I feel like we're a bit psychic together. Uh-huh. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you uh, talk in unison? Uh, talk in unison know? relatively Pretty often. Often. <laughs> often we'll be thinking the same thing, and then one of us say, and be like, I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> Sometimes we'll, like, just drop in partway into a conversation that we had never actually started but we we're both already thinking about it <laughs> it's like shared thoughts or something mm-hmm. i don't know if you ever watched like westworld but i find that sometimes we accidentally find ourselves in conversation loops where we'll we'll forget that we had a conversation no, just, yeah <laughs> and then he'll reply to something that i said that was in reply to something he said that we've already had this conversation because <laughs> that was our sort of default response yeah to it was just a, a very straight logic to just like <laughs> if someone says this they're probably gonna respond this way <laughs> we find the same thing happens after like a tour like the one we just finished <laughs> that we'll be doing the same thing in parts with zoe and dan <laughs> like just sharing that sort of space you all of a sudden form a psychic link i think like our subconscious i think we store people really well like better than we think because you ever Mm -hmm. have a dream where somebody feels very real yeah in the dream like i think that that's just like the hard drive like storing that Mm -hmm. well there's so much nonverbal information that we don't intellectualize that we all deeply understand Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that i mean we definitely accidentally have done entire sentences in unison just because that's where we're at at that point and we know what the other is sort of more or less but yeah you spend enough time around anybody and you like you, you get a part of them in your in your own brain, which is crazy. Like how you can yeah. know someone's like footsteps, or, yeah, like, the way they breathe, like mm-hmm. just like very small things that like it's <laughs> like it's hard to explain why you know that, but it's very real. Now on to the most important question. Most important question: Would you be a pirate? Oh no, Probably the open not. the ocean is not for me. <laughs> Past where it gets like um, like over the continental ridge is just that's no man's area for me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to be. You don't <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely. I would be a not. Be a I'd be a good pirate though. You would. You would be. What about a good the pirate? huge waves though? Yeah, that's that's really terrifying. What doesn't my, my dad like like had a membership at sort of a sailing place, mm-hmm. uh, and so I'd go sailing a lot as a kid. So when and when the waves were really bad, that was the most exciting part of the whole thing. <laughs> um, do you guys have any tattoos? Uh, yeah, yeah, quite, quite a, a few. <laughs> what was the first tattoo? Yeah. Um, yeah. Missy and Evie, our dogs, on my left thigh, and I've got. Clover, who's Missy's sister, and the cat we share on my leg. That's so Evie is, is the name of, of your dog. Because mm-hmm. it's the song the song name, too. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, uh, what are your favorite colors to wear? I don't know that I really have a favorite color to wear. We yeah we have a lot of black and white. We wear a lot of Cubsport merch. Yeah, we yeah. Just all Cubsport merch pretty right much now, either yeah. black or white at the moment. Which is good. Mm. I mean, you should like the merch you make and wear the merch you make. That's our rule. Yeah. If yeah. we wouldn't wear it, we won't make it. Yeah, I love that. And it's been such a good conversation starter on mm-hmm. this tour because we're all wearing these world <laughs> tour tees. It's like our favorite design ever. Bolin designed it. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's a great shirt. Thank and you. yeah, so many people are like. So are you a band? And then they say they're gonna look us up. Spreading the word. <laughs> it's a viral marketing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're, you're the advertisement. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite holiday? I guess Christmas is always pretty like special. Four twenty. Yeah. <laughs> Four twenty in my adult life. It's a good one. Uh, do you guys have a favorite sound? Oh. I love the breeze. 
going through the trees mm. in the nature reserve near our house mm-hmm. and like and the birds in there all of it together it's very nice and our dog's playing yeah it's really cute mm. um favorite movie book and tv show to the best of your ability <laughs> favorite book is a little life oh, oh. who's that by hanya yanagihara huh tv show one of my favorites of all time would be the office the u.s office mm. yeah and then movie i'm not a huge movie person i don't know if i like or crossroads yeah <laughs> either burlesque or crossroads <laughs> what about you um my favorite book is a book of leonard cohen lyrics that my dad gave me Ooh. that's awesome um, favorite TV show is RuPaul's Drag Race. Nice. Favorite nice. movie, probably Velasco Crossroads. <laughs> it's like a warm hug. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's how I feel about Goodwill Hunting. I think I've watched that movie more times than anything. I don't know if it's like my favorite movie, but something about watching it is just at the end, it just feels so good. Like, oh yeah, anything, like life is good. You mm-hmm. can get over anything, you know, you can. <laughs> um, what's the best date you've been on? Well, I've only ever dated Tim. So it was one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We just, we basically spent a decade together, even though we weren't together. So it's kind of hard to, de- to like to delineate that time into what was like dating and what was just like when we were all of a sudden together. Or maybe like a nice moment, like a nice like day or dinner. I have this written in my phone. I've got like a list of best days in my life. I should look at one. <laughs> I, I think that that... Of moments I, like I, this. I, used, I used to do that. I think it's nice to just like be able to presence like what are good days just so that you know when you're having a bad day i think having a bad day what makes it worse is thinking you're never gonna have a good day again Mm -hmm. just remembering like how much warmth and love is in life Mm -hmm. in general oh there are so many on here it's like pages that's so nice we had a really good day off in philly on this tour Mm -hmm. and we got to spend most of the day just the two of us and yeah we went for a walk and then had a picnic by the water and then went to the art museum mm-hmm. and then went home and recorded some music that's got uber eats perfect day. That's yeah perfect day. i love philly mm. philly's fun yeah it's great it really turned it on for us this time around <laughs> i love visiting my best friend there but i really go for the cheesesteaks <laughs> <laughs> um what's the best halloween costume you've done I had an Avatar costume, but I don't think I actually like Last Airbender, uh, like Avatar, James Cameron, James Cameron. Yeah, like blue Avatar. Okay, gotcha. Um, But I don't think I ever actually wore it to a Halloween party. You just wore it around the house. Came like sat on the couch (laughs) in it one night. Did you paint yourself? Oh no! It, it was, was just like, like a latex, like a cat suit. Kind oh, of gotcha. Yeah. yeah, spandex. Spandex. Yeah, <laughs> not latex. <laughs> that would not have been worth <laughs> just, just sitting on the couch. <laughs> I think that same year I was like a, like a sexy sailor or something. I don't know. Nice. It wasn't good. particularly good. <laughs> we always opt for like lazy that we can like. Like two years ago, we were Miguel and Tulio from El Dorado. Mm-hmm. And we just bought colored shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Anything we could do with just buying colored shirts, sign us up. <laughs> I put on my jacket and said I was Tommy Wiseau. I didn't have a costume. I just said I was Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> can either of you whistle? Yeah. Tim whistles really well. I I didn't really know that I could until. I whistled on one of our songs, As Long As You're Happy. And then for the live show, I just started doing it. And then I realized that everyone was really impressed with it. It's like, okay. Can you whistle the part? Um, oh, the pressure's on now. Get side on for the mic. Side on, yeah. 
it goes on for a bit longer. Yeah, yeah, that like yeah, yeah, that like that uh, that thirties, forties, like little uh, slide on that one. No, that, like that. Um, what's something you did that you'll never do again? Pretend to be straight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, do you either of you have a scar with a story? I do actually. I've got a little. I had like a huge. Like ten cent Australian ten cent coin gouge out of my chin. Whoa. We had been out one night in our partying days, <laughs> and um, and we were walking back to a friend's house. And for some reason, one of the people at this house had taken a chair from this bar nearby back to their place, and it was like this famed thing that they did. And we were walking past the same place to get home um, this one night, and we were like, "Let's get a second chair to complete the set." So we went. <laughs> <laughs> over the fence um, to get a chair and realized that someone was still working there. So we like dropped the chair, jumped over the fence. They started like running after us <laughs> oh to like God. tell us off. And a friend of ours um, was wearing high heels. So I like waited back with her. And then like, you know, once she was good to run, we took off and my shoes had no grip whatsoever. Like they were like pointy I don't know why I was wearing that, like pointy like, leather like, shoes. Like, nice, like Elvin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so very much like that. And then went down like a slight incline and just completely stacked it. I think it had been raining. Oh, and then yeah. went it. back home to I my parents' house it, and had to get it, them yeah. to take me to the hospital. And it was just a gouge like in your chin. It was like a huge chunk out of my chin, yeah. Oh. And they like hot glued it together oh. instead wow. of stitches. Yeah. Is stacked it falling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's okay, good. we're learning from our yeah, from our old notebook that we yeah. keep them in. Um, Didn't mean to throw a spanner in the works. So. <laughs> nice. Do you guys have any recurring dreams? I've had a bizarre one for the first time in years. Just this week, I've had this dream that involves like an ex coworker, like boss kind of person, and I have no idea. I don't know why. It's the third time. Does, do they do they anything? Just show up? No, just showing up. Huh? I have no idea what it means. What about you? Um, I can't, I can't like piece any recurring dreams together, but I've been keeping a dream journal over the last couple of months to try and like piece some recurring things together. It also just like helps you to like start remembering. I think Mm -hmm. it's like definitely a bit of a a muscle. Like I just, I started a couple of years ago, like just waking up and before doing anything, just like writing down on my phone what the dream was but now i feel just like better at remembering it we would even walk to breakfast and just be like i had this dream last night it's super weird Mm. um do you have any advice for your teenage selves i don't know i like i wouldn't change anything about the path that has brought me to where i am like i wouldn't change anything so i guess just i don't know if i would give advice or just let it happen the way it happened Yeah, I wouldn't want to interfere, but I feel like I could probably have done with some encouragement and knowing that the person that I actually am like is like fine and that I don't need to worry about being myself. As the helicopter flies. <laughs> I love that. I, I think what's that is the interesting thing is that like there are so many things like I wish hadn't happened, but I wouldn't trade this right now. So yeah. it's it's a com- it is a complicated, complicated question. Definitely. Would have been nice to just know, you know, just, just have somebody be like, Yo, you'll be fine. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Uh, do you have any advice for new artists, producers, and writers? I would just say be authentic. 
in everything you do. Mm -hmm. I I feel like that permeates every part of your life and it can only be for the best. Yeah, I feel like I would say the same thing. I think one of the hardest things is maintaining your... Belief in yourself. Yeah, and like creative clarity when you're... If you're wondering what other people are thinking or like what other people want from you, I feel like if you're really doing it based on your own feelings, then you can't go wrong. I appreciate that a lot. What are you most proud of? Probably the journey I've been on, like I've been really conscious over the last few years of trying to put only, you know, obviously never perfect, but like, you know, only positive out into the world, positivity and kindness. And I feel like that's, maybe that's something I would tell my younger self is to be more kind to myself and to other people and to put, to use that as a filter for everything I do and say and think. So maybe that's what I'm most proud of. That's a really good answer. Yeah, I would say just the journey as well, personally and with everything that we've achieved as a band. It, it feels like where we were three years ago and like where we are right now is we're like completely different people and completely different artists. And I feel like that growth and focusing on just trying to do better for ourselves and others and the way that that's kind of led us to where we are and where it is leading us is kind of, yeah, the whole the whole process of it is what I'm proudest of. And, and what I love about answers to both of these questions is, is how much um, beautiful weight you have in, in, the, in the journey of it. I, I think any artist at a certain point realizes how important every step has been you know every action has an unequal chaotic reaction Mm -hmm. you know it could be the thing that you spent the most amount of time on gets the least amount of traction and the thing that you sort of you know made it on a whim and or did on a whim could have the the biggest sort of profound consequences but i think it is a testament to how far you guys have come and to the differences and how many people are in the audience and how many people are you know listening and, and connecting with the work that you guys know where you started and, and how much space is between that moment and now. Um, I think it shows. And lastly, what are you most excited for? Oh, everything. <laughs> I want kids like today. <laughs> but there's so is much excitement. Is that your excitement. next stop today? You just <laughs> yeah. head, head into the kid there's, emporium? But... There's so, I don't know, there's everything to be excited for. Yeah. yeah. The, our personal lives and the band and the way it's all intertwined. I feel like what's to come is going to be really exciting. Yeah, excited for all of it. Well, we can't wait. And I know you guys are already starting to write from the road. So it's it'll be exciting to, to keep up and, and, uh, and, and hear what comes next. So thank you so much for, for being on today. Thank yeah, you for uh, sure. a lot of people listening. We'll, we'll be able to connect to, to your story and your music. And like I said, we have this sort of responsibility to them to make everybody feel not alone, you know, to feel like we're all like together. The positivity that we do put out, it comes comes back. So thank you Absolutely. so much. It's nice to meet you guys. Yeah, you get to know you <laughs> at the table. Yeah. yeah. So Thanks you have a wonderful us. time in the States. Thank yeah. you so much. And happy Pride. Thank yes, you. Yes, happy Pride.
We would like to thank Jägermeister, Outlaw Energy, and Isotope for their early support of Talking Lion.